Welcome to From Our Vantage Point, where you can easily access expert perspective and practical approaches to tackling common topics and concerns in not-for-profit governance and management. My name is Maria Turnbull, Associate Executive Director at Vantage Point and your host. On behalf of Vantage Point's entire team, welcome and thank you again for joining us. From Our Vantage Point is brought to you by Humanity Financial Management, a chartered accounting firm dedicated to helping Canadian not-for-profit charitable and social enterprises build capacity for strong internal financial management. Humanity Financial Management's part-time controllers and CFOs provide support for budgeting, reporting, audit preparation, policies and procedures, and internal controls. Their results, financial risk reduction and asset protection. Visit Humanity Financial Management online at humanityfinancial.ca. Today I am thrilled to host Maureen Simons from Verita HR Services who's here to share her knowledge of employee engagement surveys, from the very customized to off-the-shelf solutions. Maureen is a senior human resources and communications consultant with over 30 years of experience. Maureen offers a unique skill set combining a deep content knowledge in human resources and employee engagement with expertise in strategic employee communication, change, and project management. Welcome to From Our Vantage Point, Maureen. Thank you, I'm glad to be here. Excellent. Uh, Maureen, you've been working in the area of employee engagement for a long time. Uh, From your experience, what are some of the reasons organizations or companies look to do an employee engagement survey? It's typically about wanting to maintain a great place to work. So people are very concerned about uh, keeping people, so it's about retention. It's uh, also employee engagement is shown to be closely tied to things like productivity, uh, morale, and other things that help an organization succeed. Okay, and and how often is a survey to gauge the levels of employee engagement typically done? Typically done annually, some do semi-annually, and now a new trend has been to take a pulse perhaps even every quarter, Uh, and that would be a very, very short survey just to see how things are going in between a bigger survey. Okay, and is there a specific time of year? Is it aligned with kind of the end of year or? It isn't usually aligned with the end of year. It is usually aligned with the least busy season, but Mm. staying away from summertime because we still have uh, evidence that we have less participation during the summer for surveys. Imagine that. (laughs) We're at the beach. (laughs) Yes. And what is the data collected actually used for? Typically, it's used to plan workplace programs. So uh, things like might be the uh, employee performance review system. It might be how employees are getting their information. Perhaps communication needs to be improved. It is sometimes tied to a scorecards that an organization may put in to measure their effectiveness. That's usually in the for-profit sector. It's not typically used for performance review of individuals. Okay. It's more global and organization-wide programs and efforts and initiatives. It might be about how change is managed in an organization, those kinds of things. Okay. And the, so you mentioned it's not typically used for, as an input to a perform, the performance of a particular individual. Would that even be the case for a CEO or executive director? It is sometimes used for the executive level. You have to be very careful um, mm. how it is used uh, because you don't want any sense that an employee feels they're being persuaded to mm. answer the questions a certain way because this is going to have to do mm. with somebody's performance review, their paycheck, 
their pay raise, et cetera. Right. And then and from your perspective, is there um, sort of with that caution in mind, I guess, uh, what value might there be in sort of the positive value of uh, including employee engagement survey uh, results and I guess progress on towards higher employee engagement for uh, an executive director? I think it's worthwhile to use it, but it has to be used carefully, and it can't be the only measure, obviously. Right. So uh, it, if as long as it's one of the measures that's looked at yep. uh, and not directly tied, let's say, specifically to compensation, but more as a general background to the effectiveness of an executive director. Okay. And in the, I guess, the... The debrief process. So a team um, has a, an employee engagement survey administered within the organization. What are some of the ways in which a team kind of debriefs or uh, talks about the, the outputs? It depends on the size of the organization. So uh, typically you want a debrief session to be relatively small group of people. So the communication strategy for a large organization and debriefing strategy is different than okay. for a smaller organization. So for a larger organization, you might release the results in, in uh, perhaps a communication on email or on the, on the internal website or on the internet, and then have meetings by department and look at these are our department results and mm. what does this mean for us as a department for a smaller organization there might be just one debrief session typically you want to have that facilitated so either the executive director might facilitate it or someone else in a larger organization perhaps from human resources might facilitate that discussion okay um, any other benefits uh, to doing an employee engagement survey that you haven't touched on already I don't think so. I think it's, it is about improving the workplace and wanting people to feel, you want people to feel motivated and engaged and uh, productive and you want to keep your good people. So what is it about your workplace that's going to need to be improved perhaps to make that happen? I mm. think that's the most important thing. Okay. Uh, can you share some tips on getting the most out of an employee engagement survey? Sure. First of all, know what your objectives are. So what are you really trying to find out? Second, make sure that the instrument that you're using is going to get the information that you want. And when you think about the information that you want, you want to stay away from that. It might be nice to know something, Mm. but I wouldn't really be able to do anything about it. So you want your the information that you get to be actionable. Hmm. Well, what would we do with this information if we ask this question? If there's nothing we can do about it, maybe we shouldn't ask the question. So that's pretty important. Hmm. Then the questions that you ask have to be carefully constructed. By that I mean they need to be uh, usually plain language. They need to be asking about one thing at a time. So no double-barreled questions, Mm. or I've even seen triple-barreled questions. Um, If you want to ask if something is um, effective and uh, um, efficient and well-communicated, those probably three questions, for example. Uh, The other is you want to think about the length of the questionnaire. So how many questions are you going to ask? You don't want it to take too long. People will give up in the middle of it if it takes too long. 
You do want to have one or two open-ended questions, but most of the time you want scaled questions of some kind because that's something you can really analyze. Mm. It's really difficult to analyze verbatim, but you want to have some because people want to tell you things. So mm -hmm. typically two would be good. Um, I've recently seen as many as 16 um, and open-ended questions in a survey, and wow. that organization regretted that decision <laughs> once they got something like 900 pages of comments to analyze. Right. <laughs> so um, you want to prepare employees for, um, for the survey, so you want to communicate why you're doing it and what's going to happen with the data. You want to address any concerns about confidentiality, privacy, so that people feel secure that they won't be, they won't be known by name as to what they're saying. Right. right. It's very, very critical. Yeah. So you want to be able to reassure people ahead of time. You want to um, encourage participation during the period mm -hmm. to remind people. And then you want to thank them hmm. as soon as possible after the survey because they have taken time to give you their opinion and that's very valuable. And so you want to thank as soon as possible. Yes, the survey's closed. We've heard from X percentage of employees. Really thank you. And uh, what the next steps are. Great. And then into your communication of your rollout. Okay. Um, on that, just a clarifying point, you mentioned confidentiality. Um, a lot of the organizations we work with are fairly small. Even Vantage Point's team, we're 11 or 12 mm -hmm. individuals. Um, there can be a concern that, especially if there's somebody who isn't as engaged and maybe has some uh, critical feedback to provide, that even without a name, that they may be identifiable, I guess. Any thoughts or comments on that? Yes. I believe that verbatim comments in particular should not be given to the entire organization. Okay. I'm very strongly, um, I have this very strong opinion about that. Mm. I've seen where comments have been widely spread and you do get the I know who said that mm -hmm. and then that just leads to very bad morale. So sharing the data which is quantifiable is important but I would I strongly recommend that verbatim comments be read by a very small group of people. Perhaps the executive director, the if you have a human resource function in the organization, and, and keep it at that. Okay. Thanks, Maureen. And so as, as I understand it, there are some off-the-shelf employee engagement surveys uh, that are sort of easily purchased, let's say, and administered, uh, including ones like the Gallup poll. Uh, can you tell us about the value of, of this fairly accessible option? That's what it is. It's fairly accessible, so I think right. that's a good thing, uh, particularly for smaller organizations with smaller budgets. Mm -hmm. um, it might be the solution. The only thing I caution uh, people about is about the confidentiality, mm. so that um, if it is seen to be readily accessible by um, people in the organization, knowing which individual answered which questions, that, that can hurt the participation rate, so people mm. will tend not to participate perhaps if they're concerned about that. Right. So you want to make sure whatever uh, service you purchase that you can assure people about their confidentiality. Yeah. Okay. And why might an organization explore a more customized employee engagement survey uh, that would presumably cost more or take more time in the design and development? Um, there are customized solutions that don't take a lot of time and aren't as expensive as others, but the range is uh, Dramatic, let's say. Okay. You can go for a customized survey for as low as 5000 
or 50,000. Okay. Just depends on the organization, size of the survey, um, how much benchmarking data is available or not available. With customized surveys, you don't have an opportunity to do much benchmarking because each survey, you have to ask the same questions to establish a benchmark. And if an organization customizes their questions, they typically don't get to look at a benchmark. Right. So that's one of the other things to look at. And the benchmark is um, what similar, uh, or what organizations, how they may have rated in particular areas. That's right. And sort of what that average of that mass set of data is. That's right. Okay. And in the case, just to probe a little bit, in the case where um, sort of on the 5,000 end, or I guess no matter where you are, uh, that year one may be a bigger investment, but that if you were to continue with the same survey approach over time. Um, uh, typically, I don't, I don't see that organizations are charging more for the first survey. Okay. Um, so they've averaged it out. They know that there's going to be some setup, but they're okay. hoping that their clients are going to come back, particularly because they've done it already. So okay. they want to build up some, some history. So yes, for the organization, there's a setup cost, but typically they don't charge more for the first one. Okay, good to know. Um, have you ever been asked to do a, a volunteer engagement survey? I have, actually. <laughs> and the things that that engage volunteers are different than things typically that engage paid mm. employees. And it's even even paid employees, the values of the organization and feeling that you make a difference and your job makes a difference and it's important, that's pretty much the same. But with volunteers, I've found that there's even more uh, value-driven what is the organization about and is this a cause that I really believe in that I would volunteer my time to hmm. uh, even more than in paid employment. Okay. Um, any other resources you might suggest to our listeners? The internet is <laughs> great. <laughs> Google employee engagement. There's so much information out there and you can educate yourself on um, the the reasons behind employee engagement surveys, how they're constructed, various suppliers of different services, and uh, communication strategies. There's just so much on there. So. Great. And Verita HR Services does provide this this uh, type of support? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Great. Excellent. Thank you so much, Maureen. I've learned uh, so much. I've taken been taking my own notes here. Great. I'm glad. Excellent. And uh, just to share, it's uh, of course getting close to the holidays and one thing I'm taking away is the reminder I will have about the single barreled questions. I was thinking of uh, single malt scotch. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the single malt is always the way to go, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) So that will stick with me. Finally, we'd like to again thank our sponsor, Humanity Financial Management, Rock Solid Reporting for Causes That Count. And to our listeners, we hope you'll tune in to our next edition, published by the third Wednesday of every month. We encourage you to submit your ideas for upcoming podcasts through our podcast blog page or via email to info at thevantagepoint.ca. Thank you.